Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. David, how are you, sir? I'm really good, thank you. Good to be with you. Yes, it's great to see you again. We last saw each other at one of the uh, London marches uh, for Friends at Home. This was um, standing up against, let's just say, all the nonsense of the of the last two years. We're quite limited about what we can say about that on some of the channels we broadcast on. But what I will say is this uh, gentleman that I have the pleasure of chatting to today was at every single demonstration. And also, David, you've got a wonderfully kind persona. <laughs> I don't think you ever stop smiling. And, and that, to me, encapsulated the, the love, the kindness, the empathy that the people that that bothered to turn up in London for their for their children's freedom mm. um it's what it was all about so it's it's oh thank great. you Th thank you yeah I, I love going to the marches I mean I went mostly to the ones in London because I lived in London at the beginning of this whole lockdown nightmare because I was still on the London Assembly then um unfortunately I didn't get elected back on in 2021 so I now I moved out of London I'm now in Sussex um but I still can go up it's not too far away um but yeah I, I haven't been since March or April this year so it's been two or three months I haven't been but that's because there's been other things going on. Um, you know, I was, I was involved in a by-election uh, in Tiverton and Honiton. But for those two years, I mean, I went every single time. I loved it. And it was just wonderful being with tens or hundreds of thousands of people who were like you, you know, because the government tried to keep us apart from each other and atomize us. And yeah, I could never have imagined that this would happen in England, that we would have, you know, a kind of communism that's so severe that the government is saying you can't even talk to your friends um, and meet up in the street. And so, you know, for the first time, I disobeyed the law because the law became repugnant because a government should have no right to tell you that you're not allowed to meet up with your friends or assemble or protest and all the things that we've had the right to do for centuries and centuries. So, you know, I went to the marches and I remember the one in March 2021 was amazing because for the whole year before that, the first year of it, I remember the police just going in really, really hard, just trying to close everything down immediately. I mean, the very first one um, was about 50 people, May 2020. And I was there, Piers Corbyn was there as well, and he, before he got involved in politics. Um, you know, and he, he was doing a speech, there were 50 people there, well, 100 police came in and just closed everything down, threatened everybody. I, I was on my bike bicycle they threatened that i you know they they'd arrest me if i didn't move on <laughs> so you know i did at the time because also I, even though i was standing for freedom i didn't really want to get arrested but that's the sort of threats and coercion they use so i remember going back to the point march 2021 they started to do what they'd always done before there was a few people turned up in speaker's corner they started arresting people picking on individuals going in with snatch gangs 
putting people into their um, big police trucks. And then all of a sudden, it was like 100,000 people just turned up almost out of nowhere at the same time. It was, it was you know, it was almost miraculous. Uh, and, and then they stopped. There was nothing they could do because there were so many people standing together for freedom against tyranny that even the police who were there to try to harass people couldn't do anything about it and then we just got together and marched all around london and it was the most glorious day really and and i think that also inspired people all around the world and people were looking at what's happening in london and then you got the people started doing the same thing in australia and canada and germany and the usa standing against tyranny all over the world so although it was really really tough uh, it was wonderful to be a part of that. You know, every generation has to fight for freedom. And we're not yet at the point where we have to go and, you know, lay down our lives on the beaches of Normandy, but we may have to risk, you know, getting hassled by the police. And we did. And um, we've won the battle. Still haven't won the war, I don't think, but we won some significant battles over the last two years. <laughs> Yes, we certainly did. And we should give a shout out to Fiona mm -hmm. uh, from the Worldwide Freedom Rally, who just worked tirelessly to put this together and got herself in court, I think, like five times. Um, absolutely wonderful individual. And also Louise from the Save Our Rights, which was a, another prominent, prominent um, rally. I want to say thank you to the Global Veterans Alliance, who I um, had the pleasure of, 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 of working with thank you everybody that uh, that got involved um david what what i want to do is just i think if we talk politics like me and you might fall asleep let alone our audience <laughs> oh i won't fall asleep I'm, like, I'm totally into it but i do, i do understand you know there's a big disconnect from politics and ordinary people so you know i totally yeah, understand you haven't heard what i got to say yet mate so that you, you <laughs> get 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 your pillow ready okay <laughs> but um no i just let, let's touch on some uh, topical ones we we touched on chemtrails didn't we I've been looking into this, uh, just a little example here, David. So we're forecast a heat wave here in the Southwest. The last couple of days, oh my God, the skies were almost as blue as when we were children and, and young mm. people watching now won't understand what I'm talking about, but the, the sky didn't used to be the color that it, that it is this kind of, you know, gray color. It, it used to be pristine blue like mm. the simpsons clouds yeah and and the only time in my life since since childhood or, or, or certainly since my teenage years we had those skies was in lockdown because of course there were no planes flying over we came really close this last couple of days to having those blue skies again and and i'm just going to tell you what i observed and it was because we haven't had the amount of planes going over I live in Plymouth. We don't have an airport. We're not on any major um, flight routes. And yet when I wake up in the morning and I, I, I sort of like to get up early, geez, there can be like nine aeroplanes in the sky. And what happened yesterday was we had, I've noticed that the, the planes have knocked off. The weather has been pristine. And then I started to see the planes again yesterday yesterday morning to afternoon 
and they weren't so prominent as they usually are. I don't know why it was that the sky was just so blue, but you could see them up there. And when I went out last night to tidy up the garden because I've been, been doing some work out there, I could see the trails just shooting up into the sky. And I thought, we're going to wake up today and it's going to be porridge. We, mm. we, we probably should have had another pristine day. It's going to be all clagged in up there. And what have we got? We've got exactly mm. what I said. And I stood there in the garden, David, and my heart was heavy because who the hell do you talk to this about? You know, why? I, I know the answer to my own question, but why mm. can't people see it? Jeez. Yeah. You know, why can't people see it? And well, it's another thing that is um, you know, derided as a conspiracy theory, isn't it? Which is the language that people use in order to try to discredit anybody who even considers that there's something going on in the skies. But it's so absolutely obvious, you know. I mean, I remember like you, when I was younger, there were never any of these chemtrails or big white um, splodges and lines in the sky. You have sometimes you'd have contrails, condensation trails. You'd see some like you know water vapor coming out. It would condense, but then it would disperse. You know, pretty much after a few seconds as the airplane went through the sky, and you still see that. But you don't get these huge long streaks in the sky that just stay there. Uh, for hours and hours and get bigger and then form these clouds. I mean, that just didn't happen when I was, you know, in, in school and in seventies and eighties, I don't remember that at all. And I, you know, it, it's pretty obvious because, you know, I, I mean, I'm under the flight path for Gatwick and Heathrow. I mean, I'm not, I don't, not affected by the noise of the planes too much because they go very, very high, but I must have like about 400 planes flying over. You see them all day, every day going to, to and from Gatwick can he throw and um you know sometimes there's nothing coming out of the backsides of the planes and you do get these lovely pristine blue days like like yesterday in the morning it was quite it was lovely and then mm. got to about four o'clock and all of a sudden they started spraying stuff out of the backs of their planes and this morning you know you've you've got that this morning outside as well and you know, some people say, oh, well, look, no, no, they're contrails. It's just water vapor, condensation. Well, you know, there you get that when it's cold. Yes, that's more likely to get that when it's cold. You're more likely to get them when it's humid. But right now it's hot and it's dry. So the conditions for, for, for contrails are not there, and yet you still see them. All of a sudden, they'd start up. You know, there'd be nothing, and then suddenly they'd start. And, and also, you'd see some planes spraying out the back, and then some planes with nothing coming out of the back. So obviously, there's something going on. The other thing that I noticed as well, which I'd never seen until two or three years ago, is what I call dirty rainbows in the clouds. Now, you know, normally, if you have a rainbow, um, you, your face where it's raining there's some but it's still sunny and the sun's behind you so that sort of the light gets diffracted and the rainbow you see it in front of you but what you can see in some of these chemtrail clouds is you the sun is in front of you and then to about a 90 degree angle you see some dirty rainbow where the light's being diffracted by metal compounds which must be there in the clouds because water vapor 
doesn't diffract in that mm. angle in front of you. That can only happen when there's chemicals up there in the clouds. And the government admits it. You know, they've got a page on their website talking about solar dimming. Um, the Spanish government has admitted that spraying goes on. The Australian government, or it was on a television um, media channel, they do cloud seeding, and they did that in uh, New South Wales a few years ago, and people were complaining that there's so much flooding. Why are they still cloud seeding um, and making the floods worse? This was on mainstream media in mm. Australia. So, you know, it's all out there. It's been admitted by governments, by mainstream media and yet still um the majority of, of the mainstream media anyway will accuse you of being a conspiracy theorist even when they've told you this is happening so you know it, it, it's it's not a conspiracy theory it's real yeah it is real i mean it, it we, oh my microphone's doing funny things we we don't have to pretend it's uh, or to defend it because in america they have um uh like uh, uh conventions on this you know where they come and talk about what 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 they're doing but i've looked into it david and what what i can see and i've only done this limited and friends at home you're more than welcome to put a constructive comment below if you if your understanding of this is is deeper than david's and and, and mine all i would say is be kind and be polite because we're not here to take your abuse <laughs> <laughs> we, or we just say goodbye to you. It, it, it's that's it's that simple. It, it's it's not just a case of oh, they're, they're contrails and and we're all idiots. It, it's more it's more than that. I'm 52 years old, and and I think David and I, we're, we're, it's not like we're not intelligent people. And if we're saying that there's an issue, then then I think it's um, it's a cause for concern. But I watched. Uh, a documentary, David, I think it was called What the Hell's Going On With Our Skies? And what I got from it is imagine a picture where, say, a big company like, for example, Monsanto, who have a lot to gain from their genetically modified grain and seeds. Imagine if you pollute the earth to a degree through this, a lot of its aluminium, which changes the pH balance of the soil. So your average person who's doing their gardening, which is what we're finding, or, or your farmers, no longer can grow this, this stable crops that, that, they, that they've been relying on. Um, and they have to buy these genetically modified seeds. So that, that is one angle alone. Um, I mean, another angle is of the obvious effect on the weather. I mean, we just have miserable, miserable days, days here. Um, when they should be cloudy, sunny, we should be getting vitamin D. That's a factor. You got a whole population not getting the vitamin D that you you should be. Um, it's an issue. But um, yes, I'm 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 glad you concur. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's just the psychological effect, isn't it? Because you you know to to be in nature where everything is natural and you have like peaceful days and lovely blue skies and you can go out in the sun, like you say, get vitamin D. It's good for you. It's good for your mood. It's good for your health. And and this these chemtrails there are denying you that because it makes everything dull and and gloomy and um it has an effect on your psyche it just lowers your mood and uh, uh you know when, when you could be enjoying the day and uh, you know uh, multiply that by 
hundreds of millions of people that they're doing it to, you know, and that, and that has a, as a knock-on effect on, you know, society, to society as a whole, if you affect the mood of, of hundreds of millions of people, which it does because they're affecting the whole sky. I mean, people openly talk about geoengineering, don't they? And, um, you, know, you know, what you said about you know, possibly affecting the, the soil and, and the food, you know, that, that's a possibility. Again, you know, I, I'd leave that in the realm of a hypothesis uh, rather than a proven theory personally. But, you know, it, it is a viable hypothesis and, and you can see that some people would uh, profit from that. Um, but nobody should be allowed to profit from geoengineering when nobody even knows that it's going on or mm. not actually being told it's being on, going on. And certainly we haven't given our consent to it um, if it is going on. And, and you know, aluminium, uh, of course, causes all kinds of um, diseases mental psychological diseases alzheimer's disease uh there's clearly links between aluminium and autism uh and so on um you know you can, and uh you could get you could go and talk about aluminium in other places as well but i i think we might get uh, might might get stopped by the algorithm from doing that but uh, yeah i think that you might know what i'm talking about <laughs> absolutely I mean, just on that point alone, I, I really I, I I came to the realization or it's certainly over a, a process of time, David, that that like I'm born perfect. I don't mean like I'm a perfect guy. What I mean is my health is perfect. Mm. Um, I, I, I am very keen on the maintaining my body's pH level, hence mm. why I have these strips. I don't need to use them now because I can keep myself in the green through my diet. Okay. The diet used to be the, I never know which way round it is. Is it the red means you're acidic? That's all you. Yeah, red is acidic. Yeah, yeah all your, your meat, your refined carbs, da, 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 you basically, your, you know, your average person's diet. And, and I've realized that, like, I don't buy into, got to be careful what I say here, friends at home. But, you know, personally, I don't buy into the medical model it makes no sense that the notion like there's a bogeyman and it can like jump from that guy into me. Sorry, not, not having it, but um, back to the, 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 the chemtrails thing. It's, it's just like you said, David, no one's talking about it, which is a red flag, a red flag in it. Yeah. Explain what it is. Explain why when that plane goes over, I can guarantee that white strip will stay in the sky or it will still be there when I go out at 11 o'clock at night, only it will have dis distended. Is that the right word? It will have mm. spread to, 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 to chug up that part. Um, mm. and, and folks, put your comments below. On the same subject then, David, or, or to me from what I just said, it, it, what's what's going on with the farmers then? What's, what, why is that an issue at the moment? It's all over the world, isn't it? I mean, I think the thing that people were, are very aware of what's happening in the Netherlands, and this is to do with the climate alarmism narrative, and which is just a disaster. I mean, they're 
starting off by you know, for years claiming that carbon dioxide is harmful and then we need to cut our carbon dioxide emissions even though now nasa have admitted that it's not got anything to do uh, with uh, you know, global warming or climate change it's the sun is the biggest driver of climate change and yeah maybe human activity does increase carbon dioxide levels a little bit and that may have a tiny effect on global average temperatures but nothing at all compared with solar activity so they want us to totally change our way of life um, so that we cut our carbon dioxide emissions and in Netherlands they're now picking on uh, nitrogen emissions now, now that doesn't make any sense at all because nitrogen is the most uh, is the majority gas in the atmosphere 78% of the, the atmosphere is nitrogen and uh, I, I assume what they mean by that is nitrogen compounds like ammonia uh, NH3 and nitrogen dioxide NO2 uh, getting into the atmosphere because of agricultural activity but um, the farmers are saying well we don't produce hardly any of this these nitrogen compounds anyway but the point if it is they want to destroy they want to take the farms they want farmers to stop farming they especially want them to stop uh, um, dairy uh, farming and meat farming. Uh, they want them to kill all their animals and take their farms so that they can build new smart cities um, for all of the migrants that they're planning to bring into Europe uh, over the next 10 years or so. This was really about, it's not about protecting the environment or the climate at all. It's completely other nefarious agendas. And you have these people sitting in these organizations like the World Economic Forum and other organizations behind them and also the big money um, uh, hedge funds. What is it? Um, BlackRock, isn't it? BlackRock and um, State Street and Vanguard. They're, they're the biggest uh, hedge funds that have got their fingers in just about every big company in the world. They own stocks and shares in everything. And uh, they, they, these people want to manipulate the world um, in a way which would gain them more profit and more power and more control. Uh, they don't want small businesses and medium-sized businesses and independent farmers uh, with their independent uh, uh, ways of producing meat and, and foods for, for ordinary people. They want to control it um, in a way that is utterly horrific. I mean, Bill Gates, for example, openly wants to start creating these hideous soya based franken meats lab factory grown meats that we will all eat in place of beef and lamb and chicken that we've we've eaten for millennia so you know that that's what's behind it all and um again the Dutch government has just brought in new laws that said, well, you know, essentially, we're going to take your farms. <laughs> it's theft. It's essentially state communist style theft that is going on in the Netherlands. So, you know, um, all power to the arm of the Dutch farmers standing up against this new tyranny. Yes, bless them. Mm. And just uh, again for friends at home if you're not aware so you've got blackrock and Va vanguard the two companies they have the biggest shares in every single company floated on the stock market so they have it's not maybe not necessarily controlling share but they have the biggest of 
of of the shares and you know what do we know what what did lord acton say power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely so there's a massive red flag there you know two individuals two two ceos are controlling the direction of the planet and who's to say that they're even nice people um yeah it's hard to know who they are because it's sort of like uh it's very opaque to see who the directors are and who are the owners of these companies that own everything else so they don't own as you say they don't own absolutely everything else but they have 10 20 30 percent stakes in almost all of the big uh global corporations listed on all the stock markets in the world uh and this is something i didn't know till about a year ago but it's, it's this is information that's coming out and um you know this is this is not capitalism where you know you, you can um start a business and then you have risk and then you know if you if you if you you manage your business wisely you're on a level playing field and you're a small or a medium sized business and you can grow and you can thrive this is corporatism where you have um two or three or four massive corporate players that get governments to change the rules and regulations to suit them so that they can grow and they can basically you know um gobble up everything else like big parasites and destroy small and medium-sized businesses and part of the whole lockdown situation it was to do that because mm. small businesses were deemed as non-essential I mean, what right has the government got to say, you're a small business, you're non-essential, you have to close. Ah, but you're a big business, you're essential, so you can stay open. And because of that, they gain all the market share of the small businesses that have been destroyed by the government. But, you know, they, they would bid governments to uh, bring in these kind of regulations. And you, you, you've basically seen that in action in the lockdown. Now you're seeing that same thing in action with the, the Dutch farmers as well. Um, and, and, you know, there's a situation in Sri Lanka that we all know about where the government is essentially collapsed. They've totally destroyed the economy by pursuing these this green agenda that says, well, if you're a small farmer, uh, you're not allowed to purchase fertilizer. So you basically can't grow any crops because they banned fertilizer. Mm. And uh, so there's no food uh, and all the, all the farms have just gone bankrupt and the whole country's gone bankrupt. So that means now that the big parasitic organizations like the IMF, whatever, the World Bank, will now like to come in and say, oh, well, we can get you out of trouble. Here, here's a loan for um, 10, 20 billion pounds, but you run your economy our way and uh, no small businesses, just big businesses that we control are going to be doing all the business you know so um hopefully you know the people will say no to this uh although it's tough but um you know they've taken over the presidential palace uh, but they've got to take over the economy as well and you know power to the arm of the sri lankans standing up against tyranny there too yeah well it's good you mention it david because they are failing and they will fail because evil never trumps um uh, good and you you see an awful lot of um kickback against this you know you can only have so much before even the person that's you know quote unquote asleep mm -hmm. says 
uh, do you know what? Yeah. You know, I mean, the amount of people after this podcast that are going to go out and look up in the sky and mm. you're going sorry to be offensive folks, but if you don't see it, then you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, you, you, you really are. You, 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 you're, you're not creating much, um, you know, with this blinkered approach to life. Um, but I'm also glad you mentioned that, David, because we said earlier what the government has done to us with respect to the lockdowns, you know, all the, 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 the just the ridiculous behavior. The, I mean, honestly, if they come out and said, you got to go to work with a carrot shoved in your ear, I, mm. uh, we know people would have done it. <sighs> you know, we know people would have done it. Um, but when you have this behavior, the planet over, so you go to some remote island in Polynesia that's never seen, you know, quote unquote, Western people before. And they're wearing silly things on their faces. And if you haven't got one of those silly things on your face, they throw themselves into the hedge to avoid you, right? The, the point I'm making is this goes way above government. This is total global control is what we've seen for two years total every country some worse than others i mean new zealand what oh. they've what they've had to go through um uh and you see these leaders that are just spineless cowards they literally i mean when we had it with blair during the iraq years just just gutless gutless cowards um it's easy for me to say i feel like i'm an enlightened in individual david although i'm probably not probably not sounding like one but <laughs> no, no i absolutely i mean you, you know they they but i mean they, these people are, are are all puppets of this global control system and, and you know it's almost like we do have a shadow global government although it hasn't revealed itself yet and they're still pretending that they don't exist but we still do have the remnants of democracy unfortunately we keep on voting people in uh, who are all part of this system you know in the uk obviously we got the tories labor lib dem green snp but they're all following the globalist agenda the climate agenda the lockdown agenda the you know and other things and but that's the same as you say macron merkel trudeau biden ardern all of the the state governors in australia are doing Doing the same china has just had massive lockdowns of people you know and they you know it's still going on and so on some countries um did say no to this i mean belarus said no sweden uh and and brazil so there were some countries that that didn't um uh follow the the agenda there i, I don't know how you know, sweden normally does everything wrong but this time it seems they were allowed to you know um not have lockdown things but i think the reason for that is that they've already got um a digital identity system set up you know so they they which was the end end game of this it's always been in place for decades you know in sweden everybody has a a, a number that they're given at birth and they have to use this government number to access any government services so they're way way um ahead 
in the globalist plans for for digital identity and like lots of them have already got chips in their 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 hands to to open doors and you know get their money out and stuff so uh in a way that we just simply haven't started in in the uk um but yeah this was the lockstep they were all working in lockstep together which was the word used in the 2010 Rockefeller Foundation report for um, bringing in the fourth industrial revolution and digital identity and all these new technologies that they wanted to bring in. So um, they, they didn't, yeah, if what they should do is say to the people, look, we've got these great new technologies. Do you want them? Do you want to have a chip in your hands? Do you want to have a cashless society? Do you want to have a digital identity? Do you do you want everybody to be forced to have a social credit system? Do you want to be kicked off the internet if you say something that we don't like? No, give that to you upfront as a, as what they want to do. And you know what? Everyone would say, "Are you joking? No way! That's disastrous. That's horrible. That's hideous. That's dystopian and totalitarian." and we don't want that at all and then they could vote for people who don't want uh, to bring that kind of thing in but they haven't been honest and upfront and asked for people's consent and laid down their plans up front they've created these fake crises and emergencies the problem so that the people have a reaction through fear mongering and so on and then they bring in the solution uh, which they hope people will accept after they've generated the the, the chaos um, that they have. And this has been going on all around the world. You know, like you said, in New Zealand, it was so bad that they essentially were a prison island for nearly two years. No one could you know, fly in or out, you know? So, I mean, it's horrendous if you, you live there um, un, under that Ardern creature. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I think now uh, people are waking up to it. Even people who went along with this at the beginning who believed the, the whole catchphrase and line, which was two weeks to flatten the curve. It's only two weeks just to deal with this emergency. And then two years later, and um, when, you know, the restrictions were finally lifted um, after massive pressure, we've got all the massive psychological damage and economic damage and social damage of two years of, of chaos and destruction. Um, you know, so... I think, however, this is not over yet. And they, they as soon as, you know, the, this was finished and they, they'll generate another uh, chaos narrative somewhere else in the world. I mean, look, they, the very same people that were pushing lockdowns and stuff are now pushing for an endless war in Ukraine, which is the next thing. And they're also trying to make us afraid of new things coming up, like monkeypox on um, disease X and whatever, you know, Marburg virus and all these things. So, you know, these narratives are coming out every week um, to, to try to keep people in a state of fear. It's insane. Mm. Again, folks, the fact that we can't talk about this because of the, uh, in fact, David, you, you and I can have a chat. We, we're going to the locals platform. We've started mm. to move our people across there just so we can talk like adults. Um, but in current situation being what it is, I, I would just strongly encourage anybody out there to learn that there are different models of health. Uh, 
chap you should go straight to, a chap called Antoine Beauchamp, who lived about, I don't know, my, my history is a bit bad, but uh, 200 years ago. And um, it, it, it's re- you, you get one life. You don't get like one dry run through and then you get another go if you're a bit shit in that one. Then you get you, you get this one in, in this set of molecules, at least. And it's really worth understanding the nature of health. And 99.9% people have no, no idea, really. And so they only can go to the government to be told what to do. Um, I probably, David, sorry, I probably said too much <laughs> already, but it's just... You know when you know this. You know the secret to life, and 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 people are blindly just doing this thing, and you're like, oh my god, God. But ah, let's change subjects. Uh, what what are we what are we thinking on woke? The whole woke thing. I, well, I it's, gather it's, it's a thing. I see it's on Twitter or something. I'm not. I'm not like big into this sort of thing, but. This is just the utter ludic- the utter ludicrousy of an idea which then gets disseminated and, and, and accepted by the masses. So, you know, now like blokes can be women and, and yeah. it, 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 it's, it's the whole very- thing is just in, it's insanity. And, you know, uh, before you know, woke is a re- relatively um new term to be used widely i think it's only in the last couple of years i mean before there was wokeness people talk about talked about political correctness a lot and i spoke about cultural marxism which is the ideology behind uh political correctness but essentially it's like um trying to divide society into oppressor class and classes and victim classes and so if you have any characteristics which are considered um to be victim characteristics. I mean, this is a Marxist kind of ideology. You know, the original Marxist ideology was that society was divided into oppressors and the oppressed. The workers were the oppressed, the business owners were the oppressors. And if you could create class consciousness among the workers, they would rise up and and overthrow the oppressors, uh, take control of all the capital and society, and then we would live in a wonderful utopia. But it doesn't work like that because every time Marxism has been tried, you know, society just breaks down into acrimony and there's hunger and there's tyranny and there's death. (laughs) It doesn't work. Um, But, you know, this is the same ideology behind what we call wokeness now. So, you know, for example, let's take race as, as one example of a characteristic. So, you have the whole Black Lives Matter movement, which um, sprung up again after George Floyd was killed in, in Minneapolis. And he was killed by policemen. And it was it was terrible how he was killed. But there's no evidence that actually that was a racist event. That was just, you know, four policemen. They weren't all white. And, uh, you know, they, st- they stopped the blood going to his, his, his head. Horrible. But um, that was then used and weaponized into suggesting that 
all white people are bad and oppressors and all black people are victims and therefore we need to change society in order to overcome systemic racism because everything is systemically racist and we need to change the language we use we need to change the way we hire people we need to give black people um uh, you know you know easier conditions to get a job to be promoted to a job to go to university uh which I think in a way is very patronizing to black people to treat them uh, differently to white people as though, you know, black people are not capable of standing on their own two feet and competing in, in as individuals in their own right. So it's, it's a com complete opposite to the idea that everyone is an individual and uh, has uh, opportunity and is responsible for themselves and their own actions. It, it is the ideology that um, you have a group identity and uh, you are a victim because of your group identity. And, and also the dangerous thing is if you have a group identity, then you can be considered innocent or there will be mitigating circumstances for you if you commit a crime. So for example, you know, if you're white, and you, you know you 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 commit you you murder someone for example um you know the full force of the law will be thrown at you quite rightly so but if you're black sometimes the judge will go oh well you're black therefore you're a victim well so therefore there's a mitigating circumstance and you're not really responsible for the things you did so we'll give you a lighter sentence or no sentence at all or a suspended sentence um so equality before the law goes out of the window uh you know what we should be doing is what we've always done in this country is say that you as an individual are responsible for your own actions and you face the consequences of your own actions and you reap the rewards of the, your own actions if they're good um and uh, <coughs> so wokeness changes our society completely and inverts society into something that it shouldn't be um and just you know corrodes and corrupts our, our our english british western culture yes it's getting people to lose the spiritual battle by focusing on difference mm. by creating massive division where we should all see ourselves as as a as a manifestation of the universe which we all are we're all carbon molecules you know david is me i'm david these molecules <laughs> this week might be part of David next week. It, it's 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 this beautiful uh, something that I'm not clever enough to 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 describe, and the, um, this notion that we should focus on difference all the time. Focus on difference. It's what do they say? They say that uh, if you want to control people, you you use division, divide and conquer. Yeah, it, it is divide and conquer is a big part of this. You know, the race is just one thing. And another terrible thing is, you know, men and women, you know, using biological sex or gender to divide men and women and create acrimony between men and women. I mean, I think there's a right relationship you have between a man and a woman. But when society and the sort of woke warriors, the social justice warriors, try to get everybody to believe again that men are the oppressors, women are always 
is oppressed and women need to get angry at men, rise up and overthrow the patriarchy. And, you know, again, this idea that all men are guilty. You know, you had the Me Too movement in 2017 that's gone on. They even suggested all men are rapists, which is really absolute nonsense, you know. But then again, that creates division that shouldn't be there. We should be living together in beautiful harmony between men and women. But, you know, <laughs> moving on further from that, they just throw absolute insanity into it. I mean, to the level of, you know, George Orwell. I mean, you know, the 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 uh, hero of 1984, if you, you can, what is it, Winston Smith, and he was in the fight. Yeah, you got it. The final scene, I don't know, but it's something like, you know, so the guy says, how many fingers am I? I'm holding up five fingers. These are five fingers. Say they're five fingers and I'll set you free. And he has to just say something that completely isn't true. You know, now we have the whole transgenderism thing, which is utter insanity. You know, you're either a man or you're a woman. And they're saying that, you know, if you're a man and you say you're a woman, you are a woman just because you say you're a woman, even though you're not. And you have to affirm that. <clears throat> Otherwise, you're transphobic and you may be out of a job for not affirming some complete insane unreality. You know, this is where we're at. And when, when people first started talking about transgenderism, it was like tw 2015, and I just thought, this is a joke. This is absolute madness. This, this is never going to go anywhere. But it's been absolutely quite incredible and shocking to see year by year by year, more and more people take this seriously and jump on the transgender train. And now you even have the, the prime minister, well, he's not going to be prime minister much longer, but couldn't give a straight answer as to, to what a woman is. And half of the um, contestants to be the next prime minister can't even give a straight answer to the question, what is a woman? You know, and, and they go there and repeat these insane mantras about transgenderism. I mean, this this is really absolute madness um, that we're in. You know, it's it's almost like the last days of Rome before the collapse of Rome, isn't it, really? And unless we get back to some kind of sanity, you know, I, I uh, fear for the future of our civilization. Yes, gosh, so much to say on that topic, David, isn't there? Um, what we should be doing is encouraging people to realize you're beautiful from birth. You're perfect. Doesn't matter how, you know, you, you are unique, you're individual. The notion that someone could start chopping bits off their body or, or having drugs to make bits grow into the opposite. And then possibly, and, and this happens 10 years later going, Oh shit. It was, that was like a phase I went through. Mm. Or I was confused because I was like 12 years old. Yeah, we should uh, we should be empowering people to realize that you're all perfect. Doesn't matter. You know, you might wake up feeling a bit fine. I think we all feel a bit like <laughs> I certainly have in my life. I felt a bit like this one day. Next month, I feel a bit like I don't want to go making such drastic changes. That, but again, it's it's all about muddy in the lines isn't it creating the division focusing on the ego rather than making people understand that we're all born a part of this beautiful universe you are <laughs> um and on that note same thing with immigration isn't it it's destroying the 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 uh, 
so obviously destroying the culture of Europe and, and in, in, in our case, um, Great Britain, by which I mean England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales. And um, it's been an onslaught, you know, it's been an onslaught. The woke amongst you might go, yeah, yeah, yeah what's wrong with it? Well, what's wrong with it is you're, you're fragmenting cultures and communities you're interjecting a complete, um, I'm going to use the word alien, but I'll probably get into trouble for that. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, for example, and I mean, no disrespect, I've traveled the world because I love people, you know, and I, I love, I love life. But when I was in Pakistan, I remember a guy pulled out his pistol and gave it to me and went, Chris, have a shoot of that. So I was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. And he went, yeah, I shot my wife in the face with that one. I'm like, all oh, right, okay. What what did she do then? Oh, she wanted to divorce me, right? My my girlfriend in uh, I had a Swedish girlfriend for a number of years. She was working in a supermarket in Norway. We we both were at the time ready to go traveling. Uh, one night, two I think it was, it was Sudanese guys come in with a machine gun, <laughs> pointed at, at her and went, "Give us all the money." And my girlfriend, being Swedish, they're just so naive to this you know, illegality. They were very mm. honest or for the, for the most, she, she looked at them and went, why? <laughs> yeah. Right. right? Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I could go on. We had situation and uh, my, my, my degree is in youth work or uh, youth and community work. And I was a substance misuse specialist for a number of years. And there was one house here in my city where you know, for the sake of the podcast, it's to say a gang from a certain community would go and, and repeatedly rape this girl with learning disabilities because mm -hmm. she she couldn't she couldn't say no. And I'm not judging anyone here, folks. I'm trying to say you've got to understand culture. You've got to understand there's major, major differences in, in cultures from in communities from 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 part of the world. Um before you all adopt the happy, you know, happy, clappy, oh, we're all the same, we're all one world, yeah, but, you know, uh, and what's it doing on top of what we've seen for the last couple of years? You know, we've got everyone forced into the home cocoon. We've got everyone communicating through Zoom. We've, we've got fragmented communities in that respect, and then we're on layering on top of that multi eth um it's at, at what point do you wake up and see that this is an agenda against you it all, all of it all of it yeah well, well true diversity is when you, you know on a global scale is when you have different countries with different cultures and everyone can thrive among their own community and people there's nothing wrong with that but you know but no one is actually saying to african countries you should have more diversity you should have more immigration no, no one's saying to china or india you should have more diversity and immigration it only seems to be western countries white countries where there's somebody saying you've got to have have more immigration and if you don't accept that you're racist 
No one's saying to Kenyans, you're racist if you don't want Arabs coming to your country. You know, Israel is rejecting black people from their country. No one's saying to Israel, oh, you're racist. But if if someone in England says that, like Enoch Powell did, is apparently he's the biggest racist in the world. He wasn't. I think he was right. He was just before his time. Um, uh, and actually, everything he said is going to happen. Uh, it's happened. But he wasn't. He wasn't racist against people. He was just warning that if you have mass immigration, it's going to cause trouble, particularly, you know, people coming in at such a rate that they don't understand your culture. The people here don't understand the cultures of people coming here. So it's going to create frictions and ghettos and stuff. So let's just hold on before we have mass immigration and say a question, is this a good thing or not? I don't think it is. You know, it's not good for us. It's not good actually for the countries that people are coming from because you know you get western politicians all the time saying we want to open up for the best and brightest to come but that's brain draining those countries of the bare best and brightest people so you mm. know doctors graduates engineers it professionals accountants from across the you know, southern world, if you like, uh, are leaving their countries, coming to live in in Europe and in the United States, uh, and and benefiting our economy to some extent. But then they're not benefiting their own countries, and so they're left with their best and brightest people having fled and gone. So it's not good for those countries who are losing their best people either. Um, you know, that's the other side of the coin, which is also something you need to consider. Yeah, massively, and it explains why the uh, I, I call it the agenda. Why why they bomb the hell out of the Middle East, and they bomb the hell out of North Africa, and and they purposely created this this uh, waves of uh, immigration. And for for friends at home, if you if you struggling to grasp this, just it, 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 think of one simple thing, and that is that the uh, statistical, if I'm right in saying this, UK family growth is going down. Like we have less, we've had less children as time has gone on. We're getting a massive influx of people that that traditionally have way more more children. So it is a fact. You you can see this on the internet that you're going to become a minority in your own homeland if you're okay with that. Guess there's not much. <laughs> it was an it was an no. Oxford University professor calculated no. by 2066 white British people would be a minority in the UK by mm. 2066. I mean that's only 45 years away uh, that we're, we're white people will be a minority. Well, white British people. I mean, there, there may be some, you know, Polish people and so on, but you know, it won't be longer and much further after that than white people as a whole, including Polish and German and American and Australians living here, will be a minority in the UK. Um, you know, some people who are progressives, they think that's a good thing, but they, they tend to be people who hate this country and who hate this country's culture and want it to change and want the whole world to become just a, a homogenized monoculture. I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think we should have a, a, a monoculture around the whole world. <clears throat> I think we should try to preserve our own distinct cultures in all of our different countries and all of our different regions as well. But that's, that's not going to happen if we have mass immigration to such an extent 
But again, yeah. that suits the big global corporations because they like to have monoculture where no one feels rooted into any particular country or family or community because then they can have the same regulations everywhere they can have the same advertising campaigns everywhere and they can make more profit that's what it's all about <laughs> on one level um it suits the big global businesses and and the their, their chief executives it, but it, it's it's not good for ordinary working people or it's certainly not good for the cultures and maintaining the traditions of different countries around the world which are all wonderful and beautiful and we're going to lose them if we have uh, this continuing homogenization yeah exactly the reason you travel isn't it to go and see a different culture you don't want to go travel to see some porridge <laughs> you know where it's pretty much the same everywhere in europe is the same well i was talking to a friend of mine who lives up in the highlands in scotland the other day you know and uh he's saying you know people come to to visit scotland they want to see scottish people um but you know you you have a lot of hotels now that are uh run by you know, polish people or you know, qatari people they put in eastern europeans they do a wonderful job it's great not nothing against them individually but you lose that kind of scottish culture now people don't go to scotland for example to meet polish people or you know yeah. or brazilians they go there to see scottish people wearing kilts and playing the bagpipes you know so if you if you lose that you know that this is gone <laughs> so you know david listen it's been so wonderful chatting to you i i, I, I knew i'd really enjoy this right. this chat um let's go on to something lighter now you because you've traveled quite a lot um uh your original heritage you you mentioned it to me before yeah yeah so my mum's english uh my dad's jamaican i never met my dad actually because he left before i was born uh my mum's passed away now so um but i was brought up with my mum in in sussex and uh you know so i grew up here i grew up in england so i'm pretty essentially consider myself english british um i went to st to university in st andrews so obviously you know four years in scotland was wonderful uh as a young man and then um after then uh i i became a chemistry teacher so i taught chemistry and science for nearly 20 years both in the uk but also realized that you can use your job as a teacher to travel so i actually got a job jobs teaching chemistry uh in different countries around the world which is fantastic so i spent two years in botswana two years in Bosnia Herzegovina, two years in the USA, and one year in Bermuda teaching, as well as teaching in the UK. So that was really fantastic to be able to use my job uh, to travel and see the world uh, as well. And then then after then, I got into politics. <laughs> Mate, you were lucky to come back from Bermuda because the Bermuda Triangle oh, makes right. people disappear. <laughs> I, I was a little bit worried, you know, flying on the plane to this little island, you know, which is 600 miles from the nearest bit of land. It, it's tiny, you know, Bermuda, really it's small, um, you know, this little atoll in the middle of the Atlantic. So you can see how people might get lost in olden days trying to find it, but <laughs> I, I was okay, I got out. And um, chemistry teacher, can you get me some of that 
is it that magnesium strips oh, do you mate? everyone loves magnesium yeah mate i'll pay i'll 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 shove you a bit of cash <laughs> mate you can get me some of that because that was i was like the highlight of school was lighting that stuff <laughs> yeah when i first started as a teacher you know we were trusted to like you know i could have a key to the storeroom and i could go and get whatever i wanted and i could experiment and like try things out but as time went on, you know, they stopped that. And, and later on, I, I wasn't even allowed to have access to the chemicals. Even as a chemistry teacher, I had to go through through a technician. It was all kept under lock and key. I mean, so things have changed so much. Just over 20 years of being a, being a teacher, you know, from being sort of trusted and free to being sort of like not trusted so much. It's, it's, a, it's a very strange change in culture. But, you know, I did love doing all the experiments when I could do anyway. Ask is a bloody Breaking Bad, mate. <laughs> Was it physics chemistry teacher decides to make crystal meth? Cooking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I better stop there. Yes, <laughs> yes. People get the wrong idea. Yeah, I wouldn't. I never. I never would have ever tried to make drugs, folks. Honest. Um. So, favorite place. You've traveled to. I, 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 in fact, I'll, I'll jump in and say I went to. Um, uh, 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 oh my God, I've forgotten it. Belize, right? Mm. Stayed on some of the kais, so the small islands, and the scuba diving and the snorkeling there was. It just blew everywhere else I'd been, and I'd been, I've been diving in low of all the places you'd think of in the world. But in Bermuda, they manage the national parks so well that it was just chock full of life. There's lobsters everywhere, sharks swimming in, manatees. Uh, it, 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 and the fish life, it was, it was like snorkeling or diving in a, in a aquarium. It was just absolutely incredible. And that, that people always say, Chris, what's your favorite place? And I always, I say England. And then, and then I say that place. <coughs> Have you got any favourites, David? For travelling, um, one of my favourite places always will be is Thailand. I've been to Thailand quite a few times. It's just so beautiful. Um, people are lovely, so friendly, too, so welcoming. Um, again, you know, I did a bit of scuba diving when I was there, just like a, a beginner's course. It was amazing. Um, but amazing times, you know. It, it, I think it's one of these places that people say, I wish I'd been there 10 or 20 years ago. Well, I did go 20 years ago. And I know it was, it was just so lovely and unspoiled and um, the most amazingly beautiful beaches and beautiful food and beautiful atmosphere. I just, uh, you know, I've had some great times in Thailand. It was his one. Mate, should we just get a ticket and go this afternoon? Because <laughs> bringing it all back to, I, I rocked up in Thailand in 90, I think it's 92. I think I flew there from Hong Kong and first night in Bangkok, uh, Oh my God, I got, got in a scrap with this bouncer, so this Thai like gangster type, and uh, he broke my nose. And in the ensuing, it just went on all night. I, the, 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 I think I did a video on it, if anyone wants to, to know more. But we, we got treated like kings from that point on after this wrongdoing was done to a westerner the the manager of the club come out and he was like oh i'm so sorry i'm so mm -hmm. sorry 
uh, anything you want all all night they laid on this evening for us and wow. we had a couple of uh can we can we call them chaperones these two beautiful thai girls and they took us out on the town and for some reason only known to them they they thought the first place we'd want to visit would be a boy bar <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't, I don't and i'm bloody so glad they did because i have the experience now and you won't you won't find this in thailand now it, it's all it's all too regulated but of going in this club and just seeing a site that i won't ever forget <laughs> it was it, it was like you don't see this down plymouth union street <laughs> <laughs> it was it was insane it was insane um but what yes the land of the smiles and uh, quite quite rightly so um david it's been absolutely wonderful yeah um it, it i think this was the great thing wasn't it about the the i don't even know what you call them rally uh, gatherings in london freedom rallies that's what i used to call them yeah freedom yeah. gatherings the great thing was you could just talk to people and you didn't feel meant you know you you, you didn't have that mental block um uh people were receptive to what you had to say and you could have that level of conversation that you you mm. just you just kind of miss in life so thank you for having one of those conversations with me today yeah really great great to talk to you Chris. yeah to to everybody at home please um david's uh, more prolific on twitter than i am so please go and check out david's uh website we're going to put all the links below david so don't worry you don't have to say that say them say them now um and we'd love to have you back on the podcast anytime that you'd 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 like david it's this these chats are gold and i i um thank you and i send all my love to you and and and, and your family um stay on the line so i can thank you properly after we push okay, the record yeah. but button off to everybody at home massive love to you all too thank you so much for joining this uh special episode of the bought the t-shirt podcast if you can like and subscribe and click the notification bell that's really going to help and we'll see you soon friends thank you for listening to the bought the t-shirt podcast please like subscribe and share and don't forget to follow me on social media. Username Chris Thrall. Instagram Chris Thrall. Thank you.